You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi. And alongside me, as always, is... Paul Gilleary. What a week in football, Paul. The boys. Yeah, your guy showed up big this week. I I was not happy before our last recording because there was an inexplicably stupid game against green bay for my dallas cowboys but they came back and they stomped the crap out of those vikings today we're recording on sunday obviously uh your team has yet to play i know it's tuesday when you're listening to this so we don't know if there's one or lost on monday night football against the cardinals yep. yep in mexico city that's right at the azteca yeah um that'd be fun would you go to a game down there i mean if i was there but i'm not gonna fly down there just for a game well what if you, you had free airfare? Sure. Why the heck not? Mexico City, go get some street tacos. Yeah. Some I oh, like man. it. What a treat. Hi, how are you? It's a, it's a thankful week here on the show. Um, just this weekend, actually today, as we're recording it, was the third annual EBRP benefit with our friend Edward Jerome Vetter, his family, all of their celebrity friends raising money for a very, very good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few years ago, uh, our other friends from Rio de Janeiro, Black Circle, performed a pre-show concert, which is pretty damn cool. So they're still doing that. They're getting closer to a cure. So if you are out there, if you are interested, EBRP, um, just find them and you'll see uh, ways to donate and contribute to that. We, and, we, last year, we got a couple of uh, new new tracks from Eddie, if I recall. Yeah, we got Matter Eddie of Time. on a piano. Yeah, and uh, I See You, I think was the name of the other song. So um, that is out there. Uh, if you didn't know, EBRP Series 3 uh, is out. So donate if you can. A few things we want to get to before our, our annual What Are You Thankful For episode. Um, Pearl Jam related, of course. Paul, I don't know if you saw this. By the way, before we get into that, I have to say, of course, thank you to our listeners and our our patrons and anybody who's written a review has you're gonna feed yourself this week, but you know, feeding the algorithm is probably the next best thing you could do. Feed it. Anybody who's done that, thank you very much. Or bought a shirt. Uh did you see this article about uh about Stone and the possible new name for the band back in the day when Mookie Blaylock was like, can't use my name. Did you see Look, this? If, if they're willing to name themselves Mookie Blaylock and they were a hundred percent invested in that, <laughs> I probably believe any other name. Yeah. So, <laughs> if you didn't see this, uh, stone, I guess some on earth interview from the early nineties where stone said that, uh, the other name they were thinking about was gaseous clay, which by the way is actually a, there's an artist named that right now. If you like Google it, it's like some sort of like, I think it's a hip hop artist. Um, gaseous, gaseous, gaseous. Yeah, I, th- I think that's just, I, I mean, stone I, I, fuckery. Yeah. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, this is, this is the kind of stuff that gets us whale song and, uh, what other, you know, Catholic boy. Catholic what, boy. What is that? You don't remember Catholic boy? No. Is that, was that a demo? No, it was from the uh, Basketball Diaries. Pearl Jam. What? Oh, am I am I completely losing my mind? Catholic, Catholic Boy. Pearl Jam. <clears throat> hey, look, Self Pollution Radio, nineteen ninety five. Oh, I see. Okay, debut album. Uh-huh. It was uh, a Jim Carroll band. Jim Carroll and, band. Uh, well, well, yeah. So the debut album by the Jim Carroll band. Okay. So they, he published a 1978 memoir, The Basketball Diaries, which later became the, the film with DiCaprio. Sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that there's a a song called Catholic Boy, and Pearl Jam like does uh, kind of an impromptu cover where Eddie basically just mumbles the words through it. But uh, I I have no recollection. You know what? I have about as much recollection of that as I do the. Uh, 
the um what was that cypress hill jam? oh yeah oh god yeah, yeah. oh my lord well yeah. <laughs> listen listen let's let's move on from there paul by way of the magic of the pause button in our recording yeah uh i was at my, my breaking news me. breaking news my wife called me and uh she said that there was a helicopter kind of in the area and she looked on her phone on the citizen app as you do, especially here in Los Angeles. And apparently they're looking for an armed suspect and uh, they were shining. Apparently they're shining the spotlight from the helicopter sort of near the house. So she goes, I'm going to lock the back door and uh, close the garage door for you. You'll know I'm going to come out. I'm like, okay. So I might be recording in the middle of a crime scene. Who knows? Yeah. And the real question is, will Jason finish this episode? Oh, I'll finish dun, dun, it, but dun. it's the last thing anybody ever heard from me. That's <laughs> oh, the real question. Ooh, macabre. Uh, we drifted into dark. the macabre. Uh, so anyway, speaking of dark, are you a Taylor Swift fan? Oh, boy. Mm, we're going there. We are. TT. Has a new album out. It's called Midnights. It's vibey. Tay Tay. I, I, I like it is. Tay Tay. But Tay-tay? I don't know. You're right. It's Tay Tay. You know what? I'm. I'm she she I'm, might be bigger than the Beatles I'm at this point. For, absolutely. For right now. I mean. I mean, she had ten. She had the top ten Billboard songs at one time. Has anybody yeah. ever done that before? It's just. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Tay Tay. Uh, my my kid's uh, great aunt is named nicknamed Tay Tay. Anyways, that's why I thought of that. Tay Tay had an on sale, a pre sale. Last week, first tour in four years, shit went crazy. Now, it, yeah. obviously, we know what happens when we all descend upon Ticketmaster over the last couple of years trying to buy tickets. It gets yeah, wild. Well, one would think when you have a monopoly on this process that you have, eh, I don't know, put in the necessary constructs oh, no. to accommodate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, if you don't know, well, let's just break it down real quick. Uh, over two million. Taylor Swift fans got tickets um, on this pre-sale, uh, but way more were shut out. And the pre-sale uh, left Ticketmaster without enough tickets to do a general on-sale on Friday, so they canceled it. There was the, there was the, there was the issue right there. Ticketmaster would not confirm or deny if they used dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing is real-time price changes to a ticket of a face value ticket depending on the demand and when you happen to be in line trying to get the ticket. Yeah. So if you remember when the second leg, those extra shows that they announced for the second leg of the U S tour Pearl jam. And we were like, Oh, let's go, let's get it. And you'd go for a floor ticket and it could be $200 or it could be a thousand dollars. Like what the hell is going on here? Right. That's dynamic pricing. And if you watched last week tonight with John Oliver, he did a whole segment on this a few months ago. Go check that out. It explains the whole thing. Um, the Justice Department said it had already been looking into Ticketmaster before this kerfuffle last week, and the Tennessee Attorney General is looking into whether or not they violated antitrust laws. Uh, now, Taylor Swift could have chosen different price points, and she could have not allowed for a real resale market, but no one really does that, so I can't really, you know, bang on Fault the artist. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what the frick is going on? And now everyone's like, oh, Ticketmaster, ah, like, where were you guys 28 years ago? Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, it, it, is, there, is there a precedent for that? Has Jesus. there ever been a band that actually looked at Ticketmaster and said, hey, guys, not cool, no more? Has this ever happened? You know, I, off the top of my head, <laughs> it's wild, too, because it, it took, I mean, it took, I mean, Let's be honest. Probably nothing happens because when does anything ever happen? Yeah, sure. But like the, this, this, this public outcry only happens when Taylor friggin' Swift makes it happen. And God bless her. I, I think mm-hmm. she's a fabulous person. I think her music is is really quite good. Um, it's not my personal cup of tea most of the time. No, she's talented. I, mean, I think she's look. very talented. What she does, songwriting, <laughs> prolific. <laughs> You, you don't become the super na- supernova no. that is Taylor Swift by accident. So. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing but love for T. And I think if anybody could move the needle, it could be her. It could be her. So listen, I know the boys have. Made I know people. Pearl Jam's rooting for her. 
Yeah, they obviously they made peace with Ticketmaster because they used them on the last yeah. you know, however many tours. Um, but if Taylor wanted to go in on them and say, "Hey, listen, this isn't right," I think you know would Pro, would Pearl Jam kind of resurrect their their attitude? I don't know. I, I, I something tells me Ocean they might 60, look at the situation. They I mean, like will, will they be like, "Hey, God, Taylor, we." We fought that battle. It's, it's 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 not our war anymore. I don't I don't know, man. I, I I'm really oh look. On one hand, they don't need this anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't know when they're going to tour again, but you know they, they 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 could fight this battle. But it's not like they're about to embark on the Gigaton tour. Number one, you know I don't uh, know how that they have the energy to to get after. I this. don't know either. I mean, it, it definitely has they me thinking point. of a, a, a what if though. I'll tell you that much. Ooh, we teasing? Maybe. Well, I'm curious, you know, this is just unraveling, you know, developing story. If you watch the news, um, this just happened in the last five to seven days. So yeah, Taylor Swift fighting Ticketmaster, Jason fighting a man with a gun in the ravine behind his house, mm. all happening at the same time. It's all Great happening news. right here in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> uh, let's move on then. Let's move on to, you know, it's, it's, it's a thankful week. It's a thankful week. And I'm thankful for one that I got another fabulous pints of Anderson Valley winter solstice, as do you. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going through these now. I, I've crossed the 50% threshold of what I have in stock already. Salut. Jeez. Oh, do that again? <laughs> <laughs> that was so light in the mic. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix it in post. Uh, uh, well, not only am I excited for this, but what are we, what are we thankful for? This has been a busy year by Pearl Jam standards over the last, you know, three to four years since the, uh, the last tour, we have an album, uh, obviously two years ago, but now we have the tour finally. Hmm? Um, I guess I'll start. I, I am thankful that we had an actual tour, you know, the, the shows themselves, the surprise, the the surprises, both positive and negative. Um, man, thinking about like checking live footsteps, uh, in real time to see the set list or, or, mm-hmm. or following on Twitter and Facebook for live streams. I know a lot of you out there do that, do that as well. Um, we even did like a little Facebook live uh, before the, um, before one of the, uh, the May shows at the forum waiting for the boots to come out, you know, you get, you get that schedule. They're going to be on PJ radio and then you can download them and uh, waiting for those guys to come. It felt like old times. It felt yeah. like, a little bit of uh, normal, 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 normalcy. There yeah. we go. Good lord, normalcy was back. Is that how you felt too? Oh, without a doubt. I, I missed it, man. I I, uh, I forgot how much I missed it, and it wasn't. It, it was funny when I went to, to Dana Point with you. I remember thinking, I feel like we just. I just saw him yesterday. It, it's there's a familiarity with seeing Pearl Jam, and, and I'm not even in the you know two, three, four, five dozen show you know, uh, hits as, uh, as some of our listeners are who have just gone to see him a gazillion yeah. times. Uh, but just, just, just the amount of times I have gone to see them. I mean, it, it felt like no time had passed at all. And yet I want to say it had been, what, what was it like six, seven, eight years for me at the time, which is just mind boggling. Um, so the experience of just getting there, getting your wristband and then, uh, finagling a way to get back on the floor with another wristband, which is a story for another. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that. Should we tell Uh, it? uh, No, maybe not. Maybe not. not. Look, here's the deal. I'm grateful for having floor seats for two Pearl Jam. Yes. They're not even floor seats. They're just being on the floor. for You you, you turn around and there's 18,000 people at the forum. Yeah. And and it's just, it's, I mean, <laughs> it had been a while, Paul, since we got We again, you said we went to Dana point. That was like a, like an appetizer. That was, it wasn't like a true, it was a festival. Yeah. You're never gonna get like the full Pearl Jam experience, but it was fun. It was, it was, it was damn close though. I mean, it was, yeah. Um, but yeah, going into an arena 
an indoor arena, waiting outside, getting in, getting your poster, getting your poster, uh, standing in line, spending way too much money on merchandise, just, money. just, just a, a ridiculous amount of money. On. And then, uh, you know, you're there and you get your beer and you're thinking, all right, it, I, I, I really want two or three of these to have a good time. But at the same time, I'm thinking, I don't want to have to leave in the middle of the show to go pee. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it's, so it's that it's that balancing act, and then uh, here's a fun fun question. Maybe we we could save it for a, another episode. But like, <laughs> actually, I do want to say this is this could be like a fun like mini topic for another episode. Top three songs that if you had to go to the bathroom, would you, that would be your choice to go for? <laughs> oh, I can tell you what those are right now, but we'll oh, save no, it no, for save a it, later save segment. Save it, save we'll it. save it. So you know, I, I'm thankful for the return of live Pearl Jam yes. and the experience and the opportunity and the privilege of getting in the car and driving down there to witness it. And uh, we saw some outstanding stuff. We really, really did. And um, it, it's just the, the experience. Uh, you know, the last time that I, I saw Pearl Jam play. Uh, it's somewhat anonymous, you know, I mean, just, just, just two peas in a pod and, uh, hanging out amongst the thousands. And then this time, uh, we had some shirts on and some folks recognize those shirts. And that's so uh, the, weird. It, that, that, that brings me to the second thing I'm thankful go for, for it. which is, uh, the community that this podcast has helped us, um, connect with, uh, to be able to, walk to the venue and, and have people spot us and, or point us out at the show and come up and say, hi. Um, it, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's really, really a blessing because you're watching Pearl Jam and you don't know everybody that's around you. But when somebody comes up and says hello to you and you can have a conversation about the songs you love, the connections that you make, uh, the bond, that is created through the music that's special and i think this this podcast has opened up a whole new world within the pearl jam stratosphere for for you and for me and i'm really grateful for that it, it, it's not about uh, attention you know what i mean it's just if anything it just it, it's an icebreaker in a lot of ways you know what i mean it's mm. it, it allows us to have dialogue and conversation with Pearl Jam fans. It's not about me or you or even the, or even the the show. It's about being able to go down there and see people and uh create a pathway for people to come up and have conversations and just make it a more communal experience. And I walk away from those shows just that much more fulfilled for the the, the privilege of of chatting with so many wonderful people in addition to experiencing that amazing live music with them. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the community that this podcast has allowed us to participate in and feel like we're, 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 uh, we're part of. It's when you read some of the reviews that we do get a lot of times, the overarching theme is that the community that, that, yeah. Hey, I had these thoughts about this band that I love and I just kind of thought about them to myself and thought about, you know, what if this, or what if that, or what are my favorite, this thing, or what are my favorite, that thing. Yeah. And it, you may or may not have a circle of friends as nerdy as the rest of us, <laughs> you know, in this world right here. But if this show gave you the opportunity to feel like you were a part of the community and you saw if it wasn't us, if it was some other fan that you've met on the community Facebook page, uh, the podcast community Facebook page, or hell, I know there's tons of people that have met through Randy and John's podcasts in different cities and, and, and God bless them. They have like meetups and shit and it's just, it's yeah. amazing. And if, if we've helped in some way to like l allow you to find a place to express your, your nerddom in a healthy yeah. way. You know, it's I, great. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I've met some really cool people through this, th this endeavor, I, a hell of a lot cooler than I am. <laughs> Come on. And, you're so, no, cool. I'm saying, I mean, that's uh, you listen to, to the stories and the background and, uh, just to, the, the life experiences of, of so many people that have, have just reached out to say hello and share. And, uh, I I'm, I'm truly in awe. And, uh, that more than anything else is, is the biggest driving factor and and why I think every week you and I continue to feel motivated to to keep doing this. 
it definitely is the number one reason why we keep doing the show. I mean, honestly, if you looked at our 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 note, we have a shared note of like just ideas for shows and, yeah. and, and topics and and segments and series is is is. Um, <laughs> honestly, I mean, at a certain point, you could say, listen, we've we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here when it comes to real conversation. I don't, we haven't yet, but you could say if we stopped, you'd be like, they've hit fucking almost everything. <laughs> what else but we're going to keep on going and we're going to find new ways and new facets. And, you know, this is a, a 194 sided die as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, so there's, there's so many different ways to come at it. And the more that we do it, the more we find new angles, we're going to find a fan, a listener who goes, Oh, that's how I communicate with the band. That's how I view them. Holy shit. And then go back in time, listen to more fine people in the community. Oh, I met this guy in Vegas. I met this guy in Charlotte. I met this gal in Michigan. Like you, all of a sudden you have this, this chamber of people yeah. who can, who can kind of get along through the band's music. And if we can be a part of that, that's, that's everything. And so when you're talking about going to the shows at the forum and meeting Mike um, and his wife and, um, Running into uh, the sexy vegan out in the parking yeah. lot, like just it's just wild. <laughs> great, great, and, uh, great Karen from San Diego, uh, yeah. three times now I think Eddie Show and Pearl Jam. <laughs> and so it's it's uh, that is the best part. And I, I will say, um, one of the reasons that we I think have been able to carry on is is slowly but surely having really cool guests on the show to yeah. help flesh some of these things out. That's that's my third thing um, is is the guests that we've been able to have on uh, i know that was kind of a big thing at the start of the year was let's get let's get more and more guests more interesting guests get mm-hmm. closer to the band you know we, we've obviously we've had our friends uh step on randy and david oh. from Live footsteps brand but then you've got people like brad clausen yeah on the show and i mean that that's that's huge and to get the insight that he was able to give is, is so key and um just how down to earth he was and you know, kind of chatting in the background. Just about, all beautiful know. people. I mean, it's, every time we, we're so fortunate. We have folks come on the fan and it's forms, an absolute privilege. We're, we, uh, we're working on two right now. We're working on two. I, 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 I'm going to say this and I, the, I, I truly mean this with the highest degree of authenticity. There has not been one time where Jason and I have had a guest on this show where after we logged off, we looked at, we looked at each other and said, my God, never again. It's, it's, it's truly been an absolutely wonderful and rewarding experience. Uh, and I'm grateful for every guest that we've had on. Um, you definitely make us sound a lot better. Than we probably oh, man. Are. So, Sometimes we have guests on and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask some questions and I want these two guys talk about it because I'm, yeah. I'm going to sound like a dope bringing my, my uh, two cents in there. Yeah. It's uh, something that obviously in 2023, we want to get even further um, you know, I think there are the further we've gone, the more inroads we've made inside the community towards the goal of, of you know, having someone from the band come on, having someone from the management or yeah. all those kinds of things. I think, I think people, I'm hoping that this community is starting to recognize that, you know, we're serious about how we feel about this band and, you know, you're, you're, um, your listening and um, interaction is what's proving that this is the real deal. And yeah. we thank you for that. So without a doubt, Wait, what, what's your third? Well, it was the amazing guest because my second oh, was okay. the community, as you said it. So you more? I do. I, m- my third, I, I'm going to keep it at three because I, I the, the list is endless, quite frankly. Uh, my third point of gratitude, I think uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Fresno. Oh, we're getting more specific. I like it. Uh, I, I specifically Dave Cruzen sitting in at a concert in Fresno. Uh, the the thrill of just that original lineup. Uh, look, I didn't have tickets to that show. It's not like I was planning on going and didn't go or something. It, it, it's it's it, it, with all due respect to any of our listens, listeners, pardon me, in uh, in Fresno. When I lived in Northern California, Fresno was kind of like the butt of the butt of jokes mm-hmm. in the sense that. It, the Bay Area was getting so expensive that you you, you want to buy a house, you could go live in Fresno. It's like, what the hell's out in Fresno? You know what I mean? Apparently, Dave Cruson and Pearl Jam were out in Fresno. <laughs> uh, it, it's it was what what an amazing 
amazing, timeless experience. And the fact that we, we, we've got the boot and it's been captured, we've got video, uh, just to hear those songs from 10 played. And look, obviously the circumstances of why Dave was there, Matt getting sick are, are not things that I'm grateful for. You know, I mean, I, I want nothing yeah. but, but amazing health and happiness for Matt Cameron. Uh, but in in this particular instance, the fact that Dave was able to join the band and and to live out something that I think has has largely been you know decades in the making, which is this band at, the, at you know not necessarily at the the peak or the pinnacle of their of of their popularity and and power so to speak, but a band having reached a, a state of of true. Um, catharsis in a lot of ways i mean this is a band that doesn't yeah. need a label it's a band that doesn't need to sell albums to, to persist i mean they, they they have they have created a world unto themselves at this point and for, for for dave to step into this experience and revisit it at a time in his life where he's happy and healthy himself it was wonderful to see um, and we got a tease of that at the, the Hall of Fame show where he, yeah. he jumped on for a couple of tracks. But uh, for him to come on and just play basically that set list, uh, you know, it, it's it, it it was special. It really, really was. So what, what's I, extra I, special I, about that I, is too is you know what did he have like two or three days notice? Yeah, at I most. Mean, the fact that he remembered or is able to remember <laughs> all those songs. I mean, you don't know if he if he's kept playing them over the years, just kind no. of at home, just to fresses and G's like, but he knew, but he had them down fucking pat. And you heard in one of the videos, I forget. And, and obviously on the, on the, on the boot, you heard Ed say, man, I haven't heard those songs play like that in a while. Yeah. I, no, nothing bad to say about Jack. Not at all. No, but like, uh, they they they're played differently they, they are the and it was beautiful to hear that again man and to hear that at, to hear that from them at this stage in their lives it was it was a blast from the past and i'll tell you what it's it's a perfect segue into, into my final point on in this particular segment which is i would really 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 enjoy the opportunity and the experience of seeing pearl jam and dave a Oh. In some capacity, I don't care what it is, a cover, uh, a, a, you know, bring him out for a single damn song at the end of a set. It, it, that man, his contributions to this band and, and uh, the absolute affinity and adoration and love that the Pearl Jam bass has for him. I yeah. recognize that it was complicated and for whatever reason, it just didn't work out in no way, shape or form does that reduce his uh his impact and uh I, look it's fair to say that pearl jam in many ways would not be where they are today without his contributions uh you know we're about to talk about vitology pretty soon here he definitely has his fingerprints on that album he absolutely has his fingerprints all over verses and uh those tours i mean it's he was just a just a ball of fire, a great ball of fire to, to, to quote little Richard. And I, I just want to nod uh, and, and a tip of the cap to Dave, a, and you know, rock and roll hall of fame speech. And he did the same thing. He's, he said, hell of a drummer, just, just a fantastic effing drummer. And, and he is, he truly, truly is. So, you know, not that you're listening Dave, but, but uh, if anybody ever passes this on to you, uh, you, you are, you have a special place in the hearts of, of all Pearl Jam fans. And uh, we hope, Maybe in 2023, uh, just like we got our Dave Cruson moment in 2022, we will get our our Dave Abrazis moment in 2023. Wonderfully said. And, um, you know, I think it's very worth mentioning that. Uh, and I hadn't thought of it until you, until you said it right now. Um, or I didn't think to bring it up in this episode per se in, in this way. But it's it's a good point because whenever we do a drummer episode, some people, especially on Facebook, get really riled up about about Dave Epperzis and just really, really love him. Sometimes in a way that kind of puts down the other drummers, which I don't think is fair. No, but I, I, I recognize that that many fans found this band uh, when Dave was the guy behind the kit, and yeah. from '92 to '94, those tours and those albums. They're special. What made the band 
at the level that they it made the band able to say no yeah. and go the way they wanted to go. And Dave was a very big part of that, uh, at least in my opinion, and I believe yours as well. So I I think you know in 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 this past tour, Ed said it a lot when he's when he before he would ultimately praise Matt Cameron as he very well should. He's mentioned how many great drummers the band has had, obviously alluding to Cruz and Eberzis and Jack Irons. Uh, so why not? The guys are damn near 60. <laughs> I, I think if, if Dave Mustaine and James Hatfield and Lars Ulrich can find some sort of <laughs> moment to kind of bury the hatchet to a degree, why can't these guys get together and be like, listen, man. I mean, even Newstead's come out, right? Uh, I think Newstead's still a little bitter, honestly. Really? I mean, I, yeah, I think he's still a little, little bitter. Um, yeah. But I think, but they're, I think, generally friendly. Uh, I think, yeah. I think actually, Newstead came out with them for something in the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Um, but yeah, the guys are damn near sixty. I, I feel like there's got to be a way to say, listen, what the fuck? We're we're old men at this point. You know, you were a hell of a drummer. We had our differences back then. And if, by the way, if you guys follow him on Facebook, um, he he seems to buy into or believe very much the same things from a social activist side or, or political side. He, 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 he's in lockstep with what those guys seem to believe as well. Um, so whatever was going on back then, I don't know. We'll never know for, for sure. Um, and and (laughs) neither one of us could truly empathize with what it's like to be part of the biggest of band on the planet in your twenties, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's yeah. So whatever it is, maybe hopefully we could be thankful next year that these guys find a way to talk and just, you know, let's have a musical handshake. Yeah. You know, put, put a, put a nice little bow on the Dave a story and not leave it to what it was right now, because Dave Pearl jam, we love you both. Yep. Um, all right. Well, you mentioned Vitalogy. And uh, we have a series where we kind of pick our 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 picks for um, we have we pick our picks. We make our <laughs> picks for overrated and underrated tracks off of records. We've done almost all of them. Vitalogy is one of the few that we have not done, and uh, we're gonna do it right now. So I'm gonna lead things off because I know if I go second, I'll feel really bad about my about my choice. So if I go in blind. And I do it, I'll I'll just do it and not feel like, oh God, what am I doing? You're too humble. Well, here we go. Here we go. Proceed, my good man. Okay. <clears throat> As we always do, going with overrated first. And again, disclaimer, generally speaking, this does not mean I don't like the song. Of course. It means I have to make a choice. <laughs> this stupid game we play. Yeah, this so, is a hard album to do it with. It's it was very hard. <laughs> so like, this one, no, no, this one's not overrated. So by the skin of my teeth, I'm going with Better Man. Uh, for, for it kind of has to be for me. It, it may only be because it's been played so much, it's been built up so much. It, it, it feels like it's expected every night, like a live is. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it's a bit overplayed. Uh, I know, I know there are a lot of legendary songs with three chords, but is this among them? Is it is it really legendary? Don't get me wrong. I do, like I said, I do enjoy the song a lot. Always have, but I feel like the level at which most fans hold it might be a skosh too high. Like, I don't know if it's that good. It's a good song. It's a really good song. It's a catchy pop rock song. It's really good. But is it like legendary? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's the tags, you know, that that are almost always save it for later. Maybe I like it more when it's just, you know, stripped back down to what it's like on the record. And here's the wrinkle too is, is it actually the best version of the song? Is Ed and the organ fascinating? Ah, with the better version okay. of the song. Okay, yeah, that's a fair, fair question. Like, would it be more underrated or or properly rated if it was just if it was less? You know, maybe this is this proves Ed's point about not wanting to. That, that, that'd be a great great what if one day. Well, what if go. Better Man came out and was released as such? Yeah, that's my point. Is I'm saying of all the hard choices to make, I feel like it has to be Better Man. What do you think? Uh, I disagree. Go on. Yeah. Uh, first of all, in no way is this said to denigrate your choice. I think you, you made an excellent choice and strong arguments behind it, but I've got to go and spin the black circle on this one. 
Is I it s- overrated or is it properly rated? No, I think it's overrated. And People love this song so much? Oh, okay. A c- c- couple of things to point Sorry, out. Sorry, I'll let you go. Go ahead. No, no, no. Number one, at the time, okay? This made the... Uh, it, it charted at number 10 in the UK singles chart. It was their only top 10 hit in that country. Of all the songs on this album, <laughs> uh, it's on the Greatest Hits album. It, it To me... It's, well, basic, it single, it, it's basically let the records play just done right. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a poor song, but let's be honest about what this song is really about. Here's the thing, okay? It's it's basically a bunch of really fast power chords <laughs> with, with another guitar over the top of it and Ed just screaming. And, and, and I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. And, and, you know, this is a precursor to the dad punk we would see later with songs like Mind Your Manners. And eventually, to me, the, 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 the true apex of that, of that uh, part of Pearl Jam's music with Super Blood Wolf Moon. But if I think about this song, in 1996, Jason, they won a Grammy for Best Hard Rock Performance for this song. It was the first Grammy award Pearl Jam had ever won. You mean to tell me 10 and Versus came out <laughs> Vitology drops, and this is the first Grammy that Pearl Jam wins. Is it Spin the Black Circle well, as best live? Listen, heart. I'm sorry. This song to me, by it was the easiest choice I could have made as far as overrated song. That doesn't mean I don't like it. I very much enjoy the song. I think it's a great rocker, but to, to say it's Grammy worthy in any capacity. If I'm I sorry. can, if I can, kind of um, dilute your argument just a touch. <laughs> I believe Eddie Vedder once said, I don't know what this means. Yeah, I don't think exactly. it means anything. So maybe Grammys don't really mean a whole bunch. Regardless, I mean, it, it, the, the purpose of the Grammy is to acknowledge a particular highlight. They just nominated I, the new Ozzy record for like every friggin' thing in the book. And no, I, I listened I know, to it. It's not I, very good, in my opinion. I know. I, I think the reason I they nominated it, this like, song is it, like, I'll never forget the, the, the Kurt Loder segment where they're talking about. You know, all the controversy amongst uh, the Bible Belt in the 90s where everybody thought the song was about heroin when it's not. It's very clearly about spinning vinyl. And I think that had a, just the, the, the sheer controversy of the song had a lot to do with why it was recognized the way that it was. But the, the problem is that there's nothing in the lyrics to substantiate any of that. So People there's a whole... needle and freaked out. That's all. Yeah, exactly. There, there's a whole element of like nuance to the song that actually doesn't exist that's literally being applied by absolute paranoia and just absurdity. And I feel like that somehow inflated the perception of this this track. And it's, you, you look at a, a, a an album that is so rich with tracks like Corduroy and Immortality and, yes, even Better Man, which, I mean, not for you. I, I don't know how this song is the one that they decided, look, 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 let's dump a Grammy here. It's like, well, is that Pearl Jam's I, It's also on the Greatest Hits album. I don't think it's the Greatest Hits. I do not yeah. think that. I was just looking I at mean, that track listing for Rearview Mirror. And that was, and Save You are questionable, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. The reason why they're on there is because they're they're both singles. But well, to your yeah, point, they're singles and they're fast paced. But that doesn't mean that they're the, the they're the best fast paced singles. Listen, to maybe there on. was maybe there was a a time barrier that they had to hit for Sony. I get Sony wanted I, a certain I, amount of music well, on the records. So they had to put two more songs on. I don't know. Again, you're not saying you dislike Better Man. I'm not saying I dislike <laughs> Spin the Black Circle. I think we're both in agreement that, or at least I am in agreement with you, that Better Man is, is I understand the argument for why you would say it's overrated. I understand the argument for Spin the Black uh, Circle. There you okay. Go. Uh, underrated. I kind of think I know where you're going to go, but I'm going to preempt it a touch and say my choice is Tremor Christ. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go whipping or Satan's bed. I was convinced. Uh, Tremor Christ. I feel like this song and Nothing Man are connected. And while I love what Nothing Man does, I feel like no one talks about how Tremor Christ does a wonderful job of completing that story. The way the music makes you feel like you're on a boat for, of the main character, it's it's tremendous. And the, the imagery, the, the the way Ed's words just seem to roll effortlessly from one to the next, so succinctly but colorfully illustrating how mistakes can ruin the best relationship you might have ever had. It's such a haunting warning of a song. 
it's not played enough. People hear that opening, the dissonant chord, and and think. I mean, when I first got the record, I was like, "What is?" It? I, it, I didn't want to hear that kind of dissonant sounding chord, and so I would skip it. Obviously, I got around to it because I, I love the song now. But mm-hmm. it's I think it's easy to love a song like "Nothing Man" or "Not for You" or "Corduroy," and and it's a little easy to not like "Terminal Christ" because of that that staccato dissonant chord and the kind of lurching drum pattern it's not a pop song by any means but what it sells and what it what it illustrates and and the picture that it paints um is the kind of stuff that we see so much from this band in a way that i feel goes super underappreciated and i think they could make this a song that people ask for time and again if they played it more People are like, fuck, that is a fucking good song. Um, so I think I think Tremor Crisis is... Of, there's a few songs in this album I think ha- could be your underrated choice. You mentioned Satan's Bed and Whipping. Um, I think those are probably adequately rated. Um, but I hear that. I'm curious where you're going with this. If it's the choice I think you're going to go with or not. Uh, yeah, well, look, uh, gut reaction... When you ask me this question, Tremor Christ is the first song that comes up. But I'll tell you that the second one and the one I'm going with is Last Exit. Ooh, uh, fun. Go on. Here's the thing. And I, I, I kind of teased this when I talked about Dave A. The music of this song is written by Dave and Stone. And you listen to the lyrics and you could very easily make the argument that this song is, is very much about... Pearl Jam as a band, or specifically Eddie at this point in time, you know, trying to reconcile, and really this whole album tackles this topic, trying to reconcile his relationship with fame and being exploited into this this uh, you know brand, basically, of a person. And the need to just dissolve, to let the ocean dissolve away his past. And being absolutely convinced with conviction that no one's going to remember him in time. You know, there's there's a humility there, and a song that essentially closes with lyrics like "Let my spirit pass." This is my last exit. Now there are some lines that seem to throw, or not throw shade, but that, that seem to uh, allude to Cobain, and, and, and it's possible that you know there are some uh, references to, to Kurt's passing in, in the song, uh, but but I don't think you necessarily. I feel like. It gets redundant with this in immortality. If you start making that argument, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's like the same song just twice. I think in many ways this song is, uh, you know, feeling like you've just crashed, you know, and, and and maybe it was inspired by what happened with Kurt. That's fair, but more than anything, there, there's something to be said about trying to make sense of of the damage that's being done. And the need and the desire to just disappear and feeling like you're not going to be remembered when all is said and done anyway. So why are we making such a big hoopla out of all this? Uh, and the fact that it, Dave is the one that wrote the music to this mm-hmm. song, you know, and there's an irony there in the sense that you know, at least according to reports, you know, he was the one that really felt like it was ap- appropriate to, to enjoy the status that the band had worked so hard to achieve. And uh, and to not reject that, you know what I'm saying? And I I mean that that that's an interesting philosophical discussion, and and, and it's an argument, and it's a whole separate discussion we can have on a later episode. But it's hard for me not to appreciate the uh, the the, the, the out- outstanding composition. The music is really really strong. I think the lyrical content is strong. I think Eddie's delivery is strong, and it's a great opener for this album. It really really is, and uh, a song about something that Eddie made so personal um you contrast that with a song like glorified g where you know you have this music and and, in a lot of ways the lyrics are you know maybe playfully teasing dave or or or, or maybe not playfully teasing dave i'm I'm not sure Uh, but this is a song where you know dave's music is is the bedrock for uh, a a set of lyrics that essentially are or it were in many ways uh, diametrically opposed to 
these two men's philosophies. And so I, I just find the whole track fascinating, quite frankly. And it's, I think it's a, it's very underrated as a song. Um, I think it's, it's the kind of song that, you know, it, it, it's fast paced enough where it, to me, it, 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 I'm surprised it wasn't a bigger hit to me. It's a lot like in hiding on yield where you look back on this Ooh, record. And shout. Think, yeah. How was this song? Not like one of those signature hits, you know? I mean, it's, uh, I love Tremor Christ, but I think even if they released it as a single, it never would have really connected the way that that a song like this would have. I could see that definitely because of of the the drum pattern. Um, it's definitely more of a straight ahead rock song than than Tremor Christ is. You know, when uh, we talked about Rick Beato before in the show and yeah. his wonderful YouTube channel, he had a um, an episode of his that was all about. Um, drumming and drum sounds and focused on the early nineties and Brendan O'Brien. And he used a couple of different, uh, examples, uh, of what he meant by really excellent drum sounds and, and, and playing. One of them was the drums to give it away. Mm -hmm. Chili peppers. And the next one he played was the intro to last exit. Yep. There you go. So, the piccolo snare, the way that it sounds, the bah, 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 yeah. bah, bah. like that's that's a you don't hear something like that too often. It, yeah, the the snare kind of hitting on the quarter notes, okay, but the way that it sounds, it sounds so powerful. The way that it, it brings you to the music, I feel is a bit unique. So I love the choice. I think it's a great choice. I I didn't think of it, but when you explain it, I get it. Yep, I like yeah. it. What do you guys think? What's what's your most underrated song from Vitalogy? What is your most overrated song from Vitalogy? Tell us in your in the comments, and uh, we will respond and keep the conversation going as we are want to do. We got to move on though, of course, as we always do to our lyric of the week. Lyric of the week this week. We're gonna go to the Vitalogy sessions, but uh is it really from the Vitalogy sessions? More from the Vitalogy tour. We're going with falling down. Paul so this is uh I guess I guess this is the is this a court no this is the second verse I guess technically mm-hmm. um well go wait what, what, one one time only you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah look if I look at these lyrics in isolation okay before your call please remember frozen like stone yeah he'll be flesh and blood I'll be gone just a memory passing like pages in the book in, in a lot of ways it feels like the voice of his father of, of Ooh, Eddie's father yes. saying oh, oh, oh. like, like, like he, he will be flesh and blood, but I won't be in the picture anymore. Um, you know, one, one of my favorite stone temple pilot songs is uh, kitchen wearing candy bars, last track off of purple. And, uh, it, if you really study those lyrics and, and you listen to interviews, you realize that, that in a lot of ways it, it was about the Scott's, uh, experience of, of, of the woman he was with terminating pregnancy and him trying to reconcile his own feelings about that. And I think, uh, in this case, it's hard for me to look at these lyrics and and not see Ed trying to inhabit the mindset of his father, uh, or at least what it's like to, to be in that situation where, you know, you, you are, you will persist, you know, you're gone, but something left behind persists without you. And uh, you're essentially just a memory passing like pages in the book, which is funny because we, we see shades of this line with uh, sometimes, which opens up no code mm, the very next album. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, 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 that has always stuck with me about this song. So. I like that. It's I, I hadn't thought of that angle before, honestly, and not that I've given a ton of thought to this song, <laughs> Sure, um, but you know, as we go through the catalog, 
we were going to hit this song eventually. And I always kind of had a pretty singular view of this song. Um, now, if you've ever, listen, if you ever had to go through an abortion, either as the woman or the man whose child it would be, and you made that decision knowing it was a difficult one, well, this one's for you. I think that's been the most common uh, interpretation of this. Yeah. And we've spoken about Pearl Jam and abortion on this show before. And, and and this was, we think, a somewhat improvised take of a story uh, that Ed sang that, that one night in Colorado. It, it, we don't need to go too in-depth on the band's stance on this. We've done it before. So I'll stay on, on, on just this song and these lyrics. The, um, the acknowledgement that conception leads to birth because let's be honest to say conception automatically leads to a baby ignores the reality that many women face of miscarriages at varying stage of gestation. It's an incredibly difficult thing to go through. Uh, and I, I'm sure some of you out there uh, have. So for all the pro-life listeners, you all need to remember that this stuff is not binary. It's it's complex and, and never equal from one situation to the next. So let's, let's always keep that context in our brains when we're thinking about songs like this or this in general. There's a lot of things going on here. Um, so that that A to B point, I really want to stress is not is not necessarily a thing. I can put a bunch of eggs, flour, milk into a bowl and yeah, I'm making pancakes, but if I don't put them on the griddle, they ain't pancakes yet. Yeah. And then my doctor run over, my kick him run over and knock the, knock the bowl to the ground and all of a sudden I've lost my pancake. There's there's variables is what I'm trying to say. And not everything is A to B. Now with this song, I you know, I think it's is it Ed? Is is he the subject of this song? Is it somebody else? At the very least, he's he's aware, um, or the subject is aware of the choice that he and the woman are making. They understand the gravity, but they also understand the context of their lives. And for whatever reason, the child cannot be in their future. The last line seems to indicate that perhaps the memory of this will fade like the memory of a single page in a book you've once read. But will it though? Mm. Will it? It depends on everyone's situation. But the key here is how Ed sings these lyrics. That for me is the key, yeah. how he sings the lyrics. Therein lies more context and how to perceive his words. So I, I think it makes the most sense to then pivot right into uh, the live cut of this. There's only one. So let's go to our live cut of the week. Ready? of the week paul falling down i'll let you just say where we're going well uh was it red rocks that's right yeah 95 mm -hmm. june 20th here we go
I mean, only one song, one performance to talk about. <laughs> so I'm surprised I, we don't have more, actually. I, you know, it, that's why I always think that this song was just a semi-improvised thing. I think this is yeah. music that they had been kind of toying with a little bit. Hudson around with and sound checks on, on the bus. And Ed kind of had like half of this sort of baked and other parts. He was like, and like I mean, listen, the, the, the front end of that concert. It's it's a in the Pearl Jam lore. It's a legendary show. Yeah, you can see it entirely on YouTube. Somebody had a camcorder dead center stage. Yeah, quality and, sound too. Reapplied. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> what we just heard, I, I we took from the fan club single. So it's it's the best version. It's not just yeah. the boots you can find. Um, that beginning, the beginning of that show was weird. Uh, there was like a half baked cover song they didn't finish they got like halfway through and i was like it's not a better back there and a lot of actually what's funny i'm just thinking about as i'm saying it it resembles the start of the gigaton tour shows where they do like four or five kind of down tempo songs and build into the show yeah it's exactly what that was but the time that's like that's mind-blowing what the hell are they doing (laughs) you know you see the gears kind of slowly moving as to what that what was happening what was the band going through Stephen Hyden does a fantastic job talking about this in the first chapter of his of his book Long Road which by the way is a great book go get it if you haven't already but talking about we've talked about the birth of no we we thought we thought kind of started at the singles premiere party a few years earlier but yeah. this kind of maybe was the point at which they thought fuck we can do what we want to do we don't have to feel compelled to do and play whatever people are expecting us to play. Right. And this song was a part of that. And I, I mentioned how he sings these songs, he sings these lyrics. What do you, what do you, how do you feel? It's only one, but how do you feel about this performance? Uh, it's a slow burn. And I think it was one of those songs where you hear those opening notes and you're intrigued. And, and I think yes. there's always been a part of me that, uh, kind of wondered if we'd ever see this song show up and obviously enough years have passed since that it, it it's just it's now frozen in time and i think the band is at peace with that and they have no desire to to revisit this song and and give it the type of treatment that we've seen from from songs like hold on for example which which, which we had a demo version of from the 10 sessions i think and uh, it wasn't until the uh, lost dogs that we got a, another cut of it but a brother as well, right? <clears throat> Which we got the instrumental version of later. But I think falling down is is a uh, it, it's it's a perfect conduit into the kind of music that Pearl Jam could. And what I love about Red Rocks as a venue is it it, it just invites improv. I mean, you know, Dave yeah. Matthews had a uh, live Red Rocks, and I mean, the majority of songs on that live record just double disc album and the majority of those songs are like eight minutes long i mean it's just just, i mean dave matthews in general back then was was most songs were that length anyway but uh you're just outdoors and you're just jamming you know what i mean and i think that uh it's an iconic uh moment i think in pearl jam lore and it's only because there's a lot of improvs you go through pearl jam's catalog i mean especially through the the binaural tour and um riot act and all and all the subsequent ones you'd have these tracks on these albums you buy to just say improv one improv yeah, two improv. Yeah. but this one had a name it was a song you know what i mean and uh pearl jam decided much like of the earth which i think what you could say it's a sister song to it in, in the sense that they have this in common they just kind of lived on the road 
and they were these moments in time and that's it and the the band like i said is just happy with leaving them there and and i think that the pearl jam fan base's affinity for this song is something that on one hand it's you you feel the urge to say no go back in and do something with this but on the other hand it it's okay like we can be at peace with just having yeah. it be what it is you know <laughs> well um falling down yeah it's it's a it's a song that i think people will often forget about but when they do kind of when it does kind of pop back in them they go oh yeah that was kind of cool yeah was it was cool and mysterious uh in some ways so um that's kind of our brief take on it um curious how you guys feel about that song uh again like i said uh it's a very complicated issue with that program has had a firm stance on for a long time that we don't need to go down um again uh before we go i just was reminded as we were talking about colorado i just want to say if you're from colorado springs uh i'm sorry um there was a a shooting at a at a, at a gay bar in colorado springs just yesterday as we're recording this gosh and uh, I remember I watched some guy say, you know, this was our place to go have fun and feel safe. And now where do we go? Yeah. I think there's a lot of people. And by the way, I'm not comparing apples to oranges here. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people out there, a lot of groups that are asking that kind of question over the last few years. Where can I go to feel safe? Yeah. And add this place in this community to the book. And people like Lauren Boebert, who may or may not be a congressperson soon, uh, depending on how those votes shake out, uh, who has trumpeted anti-LGBTQ uh, plus people um, in you know in in bad ways, uh, stoking those fires, and now we have this kind of thing happening. And not to say it's one to one, but like you're not helping. Yeah. So I just want to say. Uh, if you're from the area, you know, we're thinking about you and, uh, this shit ain't right. So kind of just that yeah, big old sigh. Um, there's the show. <laughs> Any unhappy note? Yeah. Fuck. Uh, sorry about that. I just had to say it. If you have left a review, I appreciate you. If you just listen and hang out with us and that's great. If you, email us every once in a while or send us a DM on Facebook or Instagram or just cut. listen man we're like, thankful and grateful exactly exactly stay a part of the community and uh, we will stay a part of the community that's what it's all about being a part of the community so uh, have a great Thanksgiving if you're an American if you're not then have a great Thursday <laughs> and, we'll see and be, hey, we're still grateful for you and, we are, and we're all uh, grateful together for Pearl Jam. How about there you that? go. So we'll we'll see y'all next week. Until we do, you've been listening to State of Love and Trust. State of love.